Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 80 of the Sports Run-On Podcast. And this, I just want to start out this podcast by by saying a thank you, because over the last over the last period of time, like just a couple of days, we've got a lot of support on this podcast when it comes to views from different views on my the different podcasts that I have done more recently and some of the ones that I've done in the past. And I just thought that I should give a thank you out to the people who are listening to this podcast and helping me do something that I am truly passionate about, and it, which is put out my which is put out my opinion on sports, which I am just so passionate about. Whenever my opinions, which I'm would have to do with sports, which I'm just so passionate about. And I just want to say thank you for helping me continue on this. This help me continue grow like viewership wise with you guys consistently coming back and watching the videos, watching my um or not watch but listening to my listening to my podcast episodes, no matter where you're listening to them on. But for this edition of the podcast, it was it was big week one of college football. So I thought this is a lead. This is without a doubt a full episode worth of content. With all of the different games that have gone on, and I'm just going to give you a breakdown of some of the big ones that have gone on. Score updates, but then I'll stop on some of the bigger ones to give you, talk talk about what happened and what it looks like. What, how, what teams look good, in, in my opinion, of the games I watch, and which teams really look like they could have played better games. Week 1, obviously it's week 1, season isn't over. Like, it's just week one. It was just the first look. But there were definitely some teams that came out and looked like they wanted to play. And there were also some teams that looked, came out and looked like they really did not want to play. Start out by Thursday. Thursday was a game that had some people questioning some things, <laughs> to say the least. Ohio State beat Minnesota 45-31 to in C.J. Shroud's debut. He went 13-22 for 22 for 294 yards passing and four touchdowns. And you're like, why is that people worried? Because the... I mean, Ohio State was losing at halftime. I'm just gonna. Ohio State was losing 14 to 10 at halftime. They did end up having a big third quarter, which obviously a lot of people expected. It's Ohio State, of course, they're gonna come back. Duh, like, of course they're gonna come back. But again, Minnesota had this game being interesting for a lot of the game. I mean, obviously C.J. Shroud played a very good game, but this this was this was interesting. This was a game that I don't think a lot of people expected to go this way. And there were a couple games that I'll talk about that a lot of people you would not have expected to go the ways that they did. This was definitely one of them. But just it's it had a lot of people worried about Ohio State. Obviously, they pull out the win, get the win, forty-five thirty-one. Next on Thursday is number 22, Coastal Carolina against the Citadel. Coastal Carolina won this game 52-14. This wasn't really a game. Grayson McCall, good, 262 passing yards and a touchdown. Like, no question there. Utah is also able to get the win 40-17 over Webster State. And, and to finish out the Thursday games, Arizona State was able to beat Southern Utah 41-14. These games, besides Ohio State, there weren't really many talking points about these teams. With that said, we now move into Friday's games on September the 3rd. This was not the same. This was not even close to the same, actually, because of the fact that North Carolina lost. I, I mean, I, again, if you're if you're a North Carolina fan, I mean, not trying to offend anyone here, but no, this is my opinion. If, if you're a North Carolina fan... You guys, it's really looked like you guys were overrated. I th- do. I think that they they there were some. I mean, do I think that there were some good points? Yes, but do I think that there is a lot to work on if they want to even get back into the top ten? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, first of all, I'll start with the fact that you guys lost this game seventeen to ten to a Virginia Tech Virginia Tech team that was unranked. 
Second of all, you guys came in thinking that Sam Howe was a um was a Heisman contender. And yes, he had 208 yards and a touchdown. But what did those touchdowns go with? That touchdown was also have also had to do with the fact that he threw three interceptions in his loss, one which ended up sealing the game, which they if you didn't watch the game, they had a chance down at the end of it to come down and score and tie the game. That didn't happen. I, I mean that that didn't happen. So Virginia Tech was able to get this win. Same how I mean again, he this is probably gonna take him out of the Heisman race. Do I think it's like do I think they pretty much have to win the ACC for him to get back into the Heisman race, which comes with beating Clemson? Yeah, yeah. So do, is it impossible? No, but is it very, 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 very unlikely? Yes, it is very unlikely. There's no way around. There's no sugarcoating that. Virginia Tech is able to pull off the upset against North Carolina, 17 to 10. Up next we have. Um, up up next we have. I'm just. Gonna, I'm not going to go completely in order because I want to save the bigger games for the end of this podcast. Up next we got Texas Tech, who's number six, going up against Kent State. <coughs> Texas Tech, 41-10 win. Um, Haynes King, if you don't know who that is, he's the, he's the court next upcoming quarterback for the um, Texas A&M Aggies. 21 for 33 for, for 292 and two touchdowns, but also three interceptions, which was not a very good look as you're with this being his first start. But then again, with that said, Texas A&M got the win easy. But do I think... Do, 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 uh, if you're watching this as a Texas A&M fan, are you still a little bit worried that your quarterback threw three interceptions, especially with the uh, with the um, the teams coming up on your record. Yeah, I there there'd be no way around that you wouldn't be worried looking at the teams coming up in your record with the interceptions. But did they get the win? Yeah, they got the win. They got they did they did what they had to do. Iowa State, a team that almost didn't do what they had to do. The, um, no, again, not going to show you. Brock Purdy, he played. I mean, twenty one for twenty six, one ninety nine, and no touchdowns. He had zero passing touchdowns. They won this game sixteen to ten. With their only touchdown being a rushing touchdown by Bryce Hall, 23 for 69 yards, which is not good either. University of Northern Iowa, they they, um, they pushed them. They they there's no way they were down 13 to 10 at halftime, and I thought for legitimately watching this game that Northern Iowa was going to win this game. I thought they were going to find a way to come back and win this game. They didn't. Got close, got way closer than most people gave them credit to, but they ended up Iowa State didn't end up getting in the win behind um, Bryce Hall's. One rushing touchdown, and then their three field goals. They ended up getting a field goal in the fourth quarter to make it 16-10. Northern Iowa did have multiple chances, but they couldn't convert on any of them to be able to get into the end zone after that first time. Number eight in the nation, Cincinnati took on Miami of Ohio. They got the win 49-14. It was a shutout until the final quarter that Miami of Ohio got 14 in the final quarter. It probably would have been 49-0, but this was a very commanding win for Cincinnati Bearcats. Oregon, another scare. I mean, you're you're gonna hear me say this a lot. Yet another scare. There there were multiple teams that got scared but didn't lose, and there were multiple teams that did lose. Talk about those too. But Oregon, another scare. Twenty four to thirty one against the Fresno State team, which this I'm pretty sure line in this game was like a lot. So to say that um that this was um the, the line was Oregon by nineteen. They won this game by touchdown at the end. That that's not a good look. Especially from the fact that if you don't know, if you don't know, I'll let you know the fact that um, if you don't know who Oregon plays next week, they play Ohio State, uh, both which are two teams that almost got upset, which should be interesting to see. They they're a highlight game for next week, them and Iowa State, Iowa. 
But yet this this game just it made a lot of people kind of speculative because it was 21 all going into the third quarter and people were like, is Oregon really about to come in as number 11 team and then blow it? Just just straight up just blow it. They didn't. They didn't. I'm happy, I'm happy for them. They didn't blow it, but they certainly pushed it a little bit more than they should have, just like many other teams. Florida didn't push it. They came in and beat Florida Atlantic 35-14. This one wasn't really close throughout the entire game. Uh, USC, another one, 30-7. They also came in, played very well. I mean, the quarterback for uh, – they beat San Jose State. San Jose State quarterback had two interceptions. So, I mean, obviously, those weren't like crazy they, – they weren't the craziest games. Uh, Montana upset Washington. They were the number 20 team in the nation. Came in, it's like, oh, it's Montana. How hard can it be? They took the L. I mean, it was 7-3 to three going fourth quarter. Montana puts up 10 in the fourth and takes home the win. This is also beyond Washington quarterback being having 226 passing yards, but three interceptions. Can't do that and expect to beat really anyone. So Washington ended up being upset. Texas, a game that, a lot of, that I thought Louisiana Lafayette was going to show up for. Didn't look like they did. They lost this game 38-18 to to a Texas team that, by Jan Robinson, if you don't know who by Jan Robinson is, he is a um, great running back for the University of Texas. So, and seeing him play was just, um, he played very, very, very well. There's no way around. He played incredibly well and was able to help Texas get the win in this one. A pretty good blowout win. And now we're going to start out the big games, in essence. Another, a big upset. We'll start, we're starting out with a pretty big upset, which is uh, UCLA beat LSU. LSU obviously trying to replace Joe Burrow and their quarterback success. They had Max Johnson in. He had 330 passing yards and three touchdowns. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive yardages. They still lost. This game was supposed to be close. They said it was going to be close the entire game, and they lost. I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was the quarterback for UCLA, only threw 16 passes. Like, literally, he only threw 16 passes. I mean, three of them were touchdowns, yes, but he only threw 16 passes, which is not a lot in college football. Especially from a team like LSU, but they ended up taking the L, and they're going to start the season 0-1. Indiana-Iowa, big, a big Big Ten battle between, um, which will look like a very defensive, which looked like a, a lot of people thought going into it would be a defensive bout. It ended up turning into B1. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., who was some people thought could be a recruit in the NFL, went 14 for 31, 156 yards, and yes, count them, three, t- three interceptions. They ended up getting blown out in their opener against Iowa, who was playing their game against Iowa State, which is where college game day will be. They lost to uh, uh, Iowa 34-6. Iowa, that was a pretty commanding win by the Hawkeyes, so that's, that's that was a pretty strong win for them playing against a top 25-ranked team to start out the season. Uh, next, we're going to stay in the Big Ten with Penn State-Wisconsin. This game was the one I was thinking of. This was a defensive battle. It was literally 0-0 at halftime. Like, this was a this was a defensive, like, if you want if you want um, high-scoring, high-octane gameplay with 40s and 50, taking 40s and 50-point games to win, Big Ten isn't for you. Because, and this was a complete and total show of it. Penn State ended up winning 16-10. Wisconsin had so many chances. Like, I mean, so many chances. They had chance after chance after chance. Graham, Graham Mertz did not, I don't think, played very well. He made some bad decisions from what I saw. I mean, obviously, they had a pretty good rushing game. Chez Mezzel, who is a um, transfer, he 31, 31 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. He was kind of the real, um, what am I trying to say? He's kind of the real, the real um, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, he was the real force when it came to them. It was not the passing. He was the reason that they were in this game, period. That's kind of, that was about what I was trying to say. 
So, and then so he he did all that he could with the thirty-one carries, but was not able to really um was it wasn't they weren't able to get it because of a is a, a Clemson transfer. He transferred from Clemson, had an incredible game at Wisconsin, but was not able to get the win. Sean Clifford would eighteen for thirty-three, two forty-seven, and a touchdown in Penn State's win over the Badgers. Now. I go back to it. Okay, there we go. Now looking at the big games, looking at what I want to do next. Um, uh, probably yeah, next one would probably be um, Tulane and Oklahoma. Another team that gave all of college football a scare. Oklahoma, we're two in the nation. We got Spencer Rattler, Hall of Fame, or not Hall of Fame, Heisman, Heisman, Ducky, woo! Like we're we're gonna blow out Tulane. It's freaking Tulane. Like we're we're gonna blow them. We're gonna blow them out. Okay, so that didn't happen. That didn't happen. It was tied for it was tied fourteen fourteen at the end of the first quarter. People were worried. Then Oklahoma proceeded to go off and go up thirty seven to fourteen, and they're like, okay, actually by the time forty to fourteen. So, um, and then they were like, yeah, like woohoo, like yeah, this or oh uh, yeah, they, well they ended up going up forty to twenty two. And then still at that point, people were like, okay, fourth quarter, 40-22, we'll just shut them down. Like, it's been fun. It's been funny. Ha-ha. <laughs> like, we, we let them get close, and now we're going to break their heart. Like, ha-ha. That wasn't what happened. Tulane would end up would end up actually scoring 13 unanswered in the fourth quarter. They held Oklahoma scoreless. It was the only quarter they were held scoreless. And... Ended up actually getting the onside kick and having a chance to drive down and win the game. They were not able to. They ended up turning the ball over on fourth down. But, I mean, the fact that Tulane was in this game shows how good of a pro— shows that this is a pretty proud program. Like, there's no way around it. They were a proud freaking program, and they really fought. Like, that. that's the one thing I watched this game. They fought like freaking crazy. Like, this was a—they fought when nobody even gave them a chance to fight. Like, nobody even gave them a fighting chance to—like, nobody even gave them a fighting chance in this game. But they fought and fought and fought and fought. So I do have to give them props for that one. A game that was not as close, uh, Spencer Rattler, if you're wondering, the Heisman candidate, 30 for 39, 304 and a touchdown. So I mean, not not a, not a terrific, um, and two interceptions, that was another big one that helped Tulane stay in this game, was the defensive turnovers. Alabama, Miami, now Alabama, I mean, they say this is a joke, but they say um, what, what, what are for sure in um, college football, or what, what's for sure in life? Death taxes in Alabama being able to show their dominance over an ACC team week one. That's what people are saying over the past couple of years that they've played these teams and they've just absolutely destroyed them week one. Bryce Young absolutely lit up. Like, he lit up freaking college football. 27 for 38, 344, and yes, count them, four touchdowns. This was his freshman debut. If you didn't know, this is a guy who signed over one point, over a million dollars in NIL deals for college athletes. So that's pretty, that was pretty amazing that he was able to do that. And so, yeah, and then he comes out and shows this and shows that you, that money that you gave me, yeah, yeah, it was completely freaking worth it. Absolutely, every penny. So he came out and showed that. Obviously, it'll be more worth if they can win a title, but he came out and he really showed out. Then the final game we're going to talk about, the Saturday headline game, number five, Georgia against number three, Clemson. If you came into this thinking, oh, this is going to be, this is a Clemson team from before. They're going to put up 40 on the dogs. Like, they're going to put up 40 on Georgia. Okay, so that didn't happen. They lost. Georgia actually ended up taking home this win 10-3. to DJ, DJ, I think Ugalele is how you pronounce it. Quarterback for Clemson, 19 for 37, 178 yards and a interception. 
JT Daniels, 22 for 30, 135, and an interception. So, I mean, we had two interceptions and zero touchdowns thrown this game. Obviously, they won this game 10 to 3. 7 nothing at halftime. A lot of people were surprised when it was even 0 0 at the end of the first quarter. But 7 nothing halftime over actually, but I actually take that back because it was actually pick six would be the only touchdown that was actually scored in this game. So they get the pick six, Georgia gets hyped, then they go up 10 nothing. Clemson obviously gets the field goal in the fourth quarter to make it 10 to 3. But the Georgia defense, seven sacks on DJ in this game. That's incredible. Like, that is incredible that they would have that many sacks on an on a offensive line that is usually so as dominant as the Clemson usually is. Like, they're they're incredibly dominant. And then you have you go from that, and then the next next year they give up seven sacks in the opener. That's just incredible to me. And then end up Clemson obviously lost the first game. It's it's been a while since Clemson started out 0-1, especially with Dabo Sweeney head coaching them. With that said, this wraps up season two, episode eighty of the Sports Journal podcast.